The dream of the World Wide Web was very inexpensive business marketing opportunities. History being the best teacher, that vision didn't really pan out. Instead, good old-fashioned hard work still holds true. However, in 1984, Jay Conrad took the business world by storm with his guerrilla marketing book. Over the last 35 years, the ideas of guerrilla marketing have been tried in the digital world, some efforts more successful than others. Today's podcast explores guerrilla marketing in the digital age and gives small business owners tips for maximizing marketing effort while minimizing cost. Today's episode is brought to you by Anderson Social Media Solutions, managing your social media needs. They say it on their website, but I can personally attest to the statement. Anderson Social Media Solutions produces first-class service and proven results. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we too will offer the business staples. In addition, we'll offer up a smorgasbord of special business strategies too. Our Business Buffet Podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Welcome to another episode of the Business Buffet. Today, we're going to discuss marketing, uh, specifically guerrilla marketing. But before we dive in, let's review what guerrilla marketing is. Guerrilla marketing is a set of marketing actions employed to launch a marketing campaign at a fraction of the cost it normally would with multiple times the impact of the money spent. You know, you know, Phil, uh, just a question. In your business career, I'm sure you've used various guerrilla marketing programs. What was one campaign you successfully pulled off, uh, thinking pre-internet, mind you? Oh, it was way pre-internet. It was 25 years pre-internet. Uh, when I had a lawn mowing business uh, with a good friend of mine, bought a lawnmower and went around door to door. But to really, because most people worked, they wouldn't be home, we created flyers and would go and drop them off door to door. And uh, that's the way, you know, with our phone number there. And hopefully they needed their lawn mowed by a couple of kids. That was kind of like pre-internet spam, right? It was, yep. Except for the fact when they had uh, no soliciting, that's uh, your spam blocker, I guess, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You can't really pass a virus with, well, let's not go there. No. (laughs) You know, when I started my business, I I started about a year before the recession. Um, I knew the recession was coming, or at least I suspected the recession was going to come. And nobody makes money their first year in business. I certainly didn't. But I figured... If I can get through this first year, lean as it was going to be, purely looking, using guerrilla marketing techniques, when the recession hit, I knew that I was going to be okay. Actually, it turned out to be a good strategy. Me, I, 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 the biggest thing that I did was, actually, I took my business card, and I would go to all of the coffee shops in town, and I would uh, pin my, my business card up to the cork boards. Yep, they still do that. They're, they're all over in town in the coffee shops. And melts. <laughs> it melts, that's yeah. right. That, well, and the grocery stores. You bet. The libraries. I didn't use the libraries. I used the grocery stores. 
But even to this day, I still look at those cork boards when I'm, you know, at the coffee shop or wherever they happen to have those cork boards. And, you know, I use the vendors where possible. I think it, it goes back to when I was starting up. I kind of maybe feel a kinship for those folks who are wise enough to use that guerrilla technique. What are some of the other things you've done? So, uh, and, you know, we did that as well. Uh, when I had my cleaning company, we did uh, around the corkboard uh, areas. Th that was always a good idea. Um, just honestly, word of mouth. Um, when you're talking to uh, close friends and you ask, would you please let people know? That is, those are really strong endorsements when you get a, um, an endorsement from a friend, word of mouth that's your best kind anyway but I always had a very slim budget on any of my marketing uh, my marketing budget on any of my companies have been pretty pretty slim so I have to be very creative in how I get my word out um, you know for my business or company and I'll tell you um, just getting out and talking with people although it's one to few you want to get one to many that's the whole idea behind it but you get the right you get in front of the right people and they can spread that word. Well, I mean, that is the idea of marketing, right? You want to multiply the effort. You don't want to just have to have the complete sales pitch on every single customer. Exactly. Were, were you able to avoid pissing anybody off using your guerrilla techniques? You know, uh, yes, because I have always adapted the relationship marketing aspect of any business that I've had. And so that is soft sell instead of hard sell. In fact, no sell at all, uh, if, if possible. And so I didn't really piss too many people off. Uh, I know that I probably didn't get the business I could have had I been a little bit more aggressive, A. And number two, um, those that I did actually push and they had some pushback, then it was just a confirming, reaffirming to me not to go hard sell. So I, I don't really think I piss too many people off. Well, you know, today's episode is guerrilla marketing in the digital age. An email, uh, a.k.a. spam, uh, is probably the most annoying marketing idea. But it actually meets all the original guerrilla marketing definition. You know, while email spam still has a place in the marketplace, it does not have a positive reception on this podcast. Spam, mind you, comes in multiple flavors. There is traditional email spam. There is social networking spam, which I know you see a ton of. And there's even website spam. People build web pages just to, I mean, hammer the reader. It's, to me, it doesn't make any sense to produce something that is going to annoy people from the get-go. Can I can I touch on the social spam 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 baked beans and spam? Absolutely. Sorry, went a little Monty Python there. Uh, social networking spam really drives me crazy. So I've got a number of clients. Obviously, I run their Facebook accounts and Twitter accounts. And one of the things that gripes me the most is on a very benign, inform informative uh, post that I'll do on behalf of one of my clients. And I get somebody, whether it's a business or a person representing a business, and they'll just say, put a link right in. Hey, if you want to make money quick, go here. 
oh my gosh, I, I have spent hours trying to track that person down. It's really not very efficient use of my time, but it's really great on my nerves. Don't do that. That is like the worst of the worst of the worst. You know, I've been seeing lately in the uh, articles published in the local newspaper, in the comments, they're spamming them. They're adding spam comments to the news articles that are being published on the... What does that look like? Yeah, it's, you know, I made $10,000 doing X. I mean, it has absolutely nothing to do with grandma dying in the obituaries. But they apparently feel compelled <laughs> to write this stupid stuff. So, I mean, obviously, there's a fine line. Business should promote what they do. We discussed a few episodes back that if you've got a service that's going to help somebody, you, you're obligated to make the sale, close the deal. And if you know your service is valid, you're obligated to take it to the marketplace. Nobody else is going to do it for you. So there's that fine line that we've got to walk between what is spam, something I don't like, and what is just smart marketing. I Phil, I, I know you've worked with a lot of customers over the years. What are some things you do to promote their wares and control the costs? Okay, so uh, help me understand this question a little bit more. I saw this in the show notes, and I was a little confused. So help me to understand what you mean by this. So uh, TV advertising is a great example. You reach a ton of people, but man, it costs a lot of money. That's very true. Buy 30 seconds on the Super Bowl, and it'll set you back millions and of dollars. And, and, and as an aside note, that's probably, if you have the, the resources, that is where you want to put them, is the Super Bowl, because of so many people, their eyeballs, they don't turn away from the commercials. Com commercials on TV these days, people are fast-forwarding through them. Well, except for, now, a reference, a company. I, I built the trade show booth for a, a movie studio, uh, First letter starts with an S, four letters. <laughs> Again, contractually obligated to stay away from that. However, we, uh, we built a million-dollar trade show booth for them for a, a video conference. I mean, these guys, they fired money out of a cannon at their marketing endeavors. Yet, we use the simplest marketing approach. Uh, Actually, the, the idea came to me from a friend who was trying to promote a friend of his startup business. And they were printing poker chips. They were custom printed poker chips everywhere. The, the face, the back, the spine. Everything had something that was custom printed. So for that video company, um, starts with the letter S. Ends with the letter. I'm not going to tell no, you. No, don't, don't, don't go there. <laughs> Why? We printed 10,000 poker chips. Wasn't that much. I, I, you know, I think it was only like a, a buck 25 a chip. Wasn't, it wasn't that bad. But we printed 10,000 chips, and then we walked through this massive hall in Las Vegas and just threw them on the floor. Now, being in Las Vegas, you see a poker chip lying on the floor. It's free money. You're going to pick it up. Yeah. And when you notice that it's a marketing advertisement for somebody, it, it actually... <laughs> kind of turned ads. It, it was the most effective marketing campaign that they had ever done at that show. They came back to us the next year. We built another trade show booth for them, and the gal I was working with, she attributed those poker chips as the ingenious, as she put it, pat myself on the back, 
idea that really drove their sales up. So sometimes it's the little tiny things. It's not the Super Bowl that makes the big difference. It's what are you doing to connect with your audience? What are you doing to be different and stand out? So a couple things strike me about that story. One is I am co-hosting with a genius, which I think is fantastic. Number two. Who's, who's that? Well, that would be I you. I thought there was just two of us. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. If you throw the compliment my way. Uh, number two, you do have to be creative. So that story worked real well. And there's no guarantee that's going to work, right? But no. it did. It was in Vegas. And, the you know, you draw this up and it looks good on paper. And you hope that it actually works. And it did. That's fantastic. But it will work probably that one time until, remember, marketers ruin everything. That's right. We overuse it. That's right. So something works, and people will continue to, to do it until it doesn't work anymore. Email, um, you know, the list is still big in business. The, the, the power of the list, right? Email was used to have an open rate of 85%. Now it's 1.2%, and that's considered good. Uh, again, the, the, the flyers door-to-door uh, -door that come in the newspaper and then they go away. Well, they're making a resurgence back, right? Because people have stopped doing it. So that big, when you went to the mailbox, what do you got? I got spam, 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 advertisement. Oh, there's a bill. Spam, spam. So no one looked at it anymore. Those costs are being paid by businesses and if they're not being looked at, they are a waste of money which is why I say that about the television uh, commercials. People fast forward through them, with the exception of the Super Bowl. But you pay for that one. TV ads are still expensive, especially when people aren't watching them. But why are the Super Bowl commercials something that people watch? Because they don't turn away. But why not? Because they have been so good in the past, they have a history of being uh, thinking outside the box and creative. Bingo, they're different. They are very different, and they don't even. Sometimes they don't even say what the, what the product or service is. And that's kind of the idea. That poker chip idea. Now I've had others. We used uh, beer coasters, uh, drink coasters. Um, in fact, here lately, uh, because of uh, so many politicians advertising in the in the digital world, the, the, the market's kind of saturated. Trying to get a a small business message to cut through the clutter of political airwaves, it's just, it's a, an overwhelming task. So I've, I've actually helped several businesses here in just the last few months print low-cost coasters, and then they take them and hand them out at restaurants and bars for free. The bars love them because... They don't have to buy coasters. They don't have to buy coasters. They rarely brand their own bar for the coasters because they know companies like mine recommend print coasters. Then you sitting there at the bar and you're talking with your friend and, oh, look, forest mulching. On <laughs> a mulched coaster. Oh, look, <laughs> permanent makeup. It, it, it sounds funny, but what we're doing with guerrilla marketing in the digital age is we're trying to drive people to your website. Now, you, 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 so, I'm sorry to interrupt. You, it's a given that your product and service has to be high quality. Absolutely. We've I mean, talked that, about that. This is a given because if you're driving someone to your website and you have a crappy website or uh, a crappy product, it, it's it's really going to defeat the purpose uh, 
tenfold, right? That's why we didn't name the episode Don't Sell a Crappy Product. Exactly, because no one would ever listen to it. Uh, how about uh, advertising at urinals or on the back of uh, stalls in a woman's restroom? I've that's seen a it cap- work. That's a captive audience. Totally seen it work. And that would be a form of guerrilla marketing. Mm-hmm. How about this? Someone, uh, a business such as the one that I'm holding in my hand, the Zenith Exhibits on a pen, uh, goes to a restaurant, has dinner, and gets the bill, and you go to pay with the credit card. Well, the waitress or the server usually brings you a pen. And what does somebody do to help market their company in a very, very unique and creative way? Boy, you really just teed that one up for me. I I appreciate that. You know, I... Phil and I are part of a networking group, and and when it's my turn to talk, I take a stack of pins, way more than one per person, usually eight to ten pins per person, and I just hand them around the room, but I tell everybody, wait, don't take the pins, I've got some explanation. When it comes time for me to explain how to use the pins, I tell them, now, take these pins, put them in your purse, keep them with you guys carry a European handbag. I guess, isn't that what the purse is called? A like European handbag? European handbag. If you're in Europe, it is, yeah. Right. So, um, so I tell them, take the pin with you when you go out to eat. When the server brings you one of their crappy pins, take that pin with you home. Sign it with a Zenith Exhibits pin and then leave it with the server. And then next time you eat out, repeat. When I'm going around town, of course, I got a lot of friends in the restaurant business, I take a supply of pins and just give them to the owner, something they don't have to buy. And now that pin, that's going to be touched by multiple people. And best part, sometimes it's just kept. I have a pretty cool pin. It's got a little rubber stylist on it. People love them. So they steal the pin. Low-cost guerrilla marketing tactic. It, you know, the, the more you get your name out there, the, uh, the more chance there is to be uh, top of mind, right? Exactly. So do you have any, because there's a book called Guerrilla Marketing. Mm, yeah, it's uh, somebody named Conrad, right? Conrad Levins. No, Levenstone. No, Jay Conrad. Uh-oh. 1984. Really? Yep, Guerrilla Marketing. I have J. Conrad Levinson, Guerrilla Marketing. Interesting. There's a Conrad in both names. I wonder if it's the same could person. Be a, could be a hyphenated name. <laughs> it very well could be. But that book is, uh, at least the one that I'm referring to, is chocked full of ideas. Now, I believe half of these ideas are pretty old school that still probably work. And there's some other ones that I, I don't believe work anymore. You really have to be smart and pivot into the... Um, in the in the age of where where we are marketing wise, but honestly, creativity and belief in your product will pay dividends, big time. Big. The whole concept of marketing is to make your business stand out. You know the twenty two immutable laws of marketing. Rule number one: be first. You make the first microwave, you're going to make a million dollars. Well, and you said be first with the poker chips, be right? Be first with the poker yeah. chips. If you can't be first, be different. And that's why we have literally thousands and thousands of different types of marketing strategies. The challenges are, 
I see so many small businesses, especially coming to me to have a website built, that that's all they're doing. They build the website and they think they are maximizing their marketing strategy. The idea with guerrilla marketing is it's supposed to be inexpensive. You're not supposed to drop $3 million for 30 seconds worth of time on the Super Bowl. You're supposed to spend a few hundred dollars and get a small campaign on the streets, try it out, see what works, measure it. Send them to your website. Now you can start to get some measurements as to whether the advertising campaign works. Well, let me ask you this. So if you've got uh, uh, an idea on marketing and you throw something out there and you've spent a couple hundred bucks and you really don't get any hits or nibbles or anything, and so you put a big zero on your sheet and you go to the next one and you might get a couple the next one, you might get a few more, and then all of a sudden you get a good response. Is it that fourth one that works or is it a combination of the four uh, campaigns that you did that, you know, it's the how many no's to a yes? Well, I'll take it one step further. Is it just the seasonality? The seasonality too. There's so many variables. There are. There yeah. A good friend of mine once told me, that, Ed, half of my marketing budget is wasted. I just don't know which half. <laughs> that's, that's right. You know, the idea is, is we have to do it, and we have to keep doing it. Just because we didn't get anything from the first one doesn't mean that the campaign is not effective. It just means that you needed to run it again, keep trying it again. I think, also, it's important for us to not get caught up in the act of marketing. Marketing is a passive activity. Advertising, active. Marketing is passive. It's simply a manner of getting your business name out there with very clear instructions of what to do next. I think the most important element to any marketing approach is make sure you've got an easy off-ramp to go from receiving a message to buying your product or service. Too often I see these complicated sales funnels. They'll have a slick marketing campaign that's super effective and they'll drive them to the website where they've got to fill out a form with 30 required fields and, and then they complain that nobody actually fills out the form. You know what I call that? Hmm. Friction. Consumer friction. That is that is exactly what that is. That kind of an episode that we recently did. That's true. And that is another example of, of what consumer friction is. Make it as easy as possible. Uh, if you want your marketing to pay off, don't make it hard. Don't put multiple hoops for your uh, ideal client to jump through. Well, so as we wrap up, let's, let's kind of touch on a couple of points here. First, not all digital campaigns exclusively use digital marketing. Second, build off-ramps in, into your sales funnel. Don't make prospects ready to buy go through too many gyrations. Allow them to close the deal when they are ready. And most importantly, be creative. Don't look for the things that everybody else is doing. Look for the things that nobody else is doing. We got time for a quote of the day? Yeah, um, I'm going to piggyback on something you said there real quick. Creativity is what's going to separate you from your competition. That's that's not even a quote. That's what I'm saying, and it's true. Um, but it does take a little a thought and uh, and work to be creative on what you think is going to work. Here's my uh, quote of the day by Ken Hubbard. 
Don't knock the weather. Nine-tenths of the people couldn't start a conversation if it didn't change once in a while. Thank you for listening to today's Business Buffet podcast. If you came in hungry for some business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business. Hey, for those of you still listening, you have a chance to win a free book. If you visit www.businessbuffet.page slash free hyphen book, you can complete the free book entry form for a chance to win a copy of Dr. Spencer Johnson's book, The Present, The Gift for Changing Times. You know, my wife and I read this book annually. We have for 15 years. Ed, it's a great book. The lessons I have gained from this book are timeless and directly responsible for my business success. I love the book so much that I've actually, um, I, I grabbed a copy of this book and I loved it so much. I've given it to people that are important to me in, in my life, had them sign the uh, front, and I've got a whole list of people now that have read this book, including um, some very important parts of my family. So uh, visit www.businessbuffet.page slash free hyphen book for your chance to win. And thank you for listening to our podcast this far to the end.